Well, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. Can we welcome everybody? Can we welcome Germantown campus, Appleton campus, Brookfield campus? Come on, Milwaukee campus. Wherever online you're joining us today, we're glad that you're with us, glad that you're here, glad that you're a part of what's happening and what God's doing. And, and um, we're going to get right into today's message. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, so if you, need to get, if you need to look that up in, your, in, the, in the table of contents, that's okay. There's no shame in your game. Amen? Nobody's going to hate on anybody. And Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Uh, next week, I hope you'll be back as we're beginning a brand new series. Uh, and, and one of the things that I wanted to do this year is... Um, is go through the book of Romans. This has been something I've been wanting to do for about six or eight months. And so we're going to begin a series. We're not going to go just uh, for the next 26 weeks on Romans, okay? So, but we're going to break it up into multiple parts. But over the course of 2020, we will be going through the entire book of Romans, which I think is one of the greatest um, books in the Bible on, on how the struggle between uh, what we're supposed to do and what we know that we're supposed to do and what we don't do. And, uh, or that we struggle with doing and how we overcome that flesh and allow the spirit man to do what God's called him to do and, and how that works and what happens. And so I hope that you'll join us next weekend as we begin this, this first part of a multi-part series that we're gonna go through the book of Romans. Next weekend, I'll begin that. And so I hope that you'll be here for that. But today I wanna talk about relationships. And, uh, and I hope that um, as you're turning to Ecclesiastes chapter four, I hope that you don't think that what we're talking about is light or it's like, oh man, and I can see this like on a talk show or I can, can get this, you know, on what, listening to a podcast, just driving down the road or a radio or whatever. Everybody's talking about friends and relationships and this and that and seven steps to a better relationships and three steps to a better marriage and blah, 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 blah. All that may be true, but here's the difference. Everything that I'm going to bring to you today and brought to you last week and we brought to you the first week is strictly coming right from what God's word says. And the power behind relationships, if we get this right, this is the two part of, equa of the equation. This is why this is so important. It's why we're spending time on it. It's because Jesus said, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll fulfill all the law. You will fulfill the entire uh, Levitical law, the Old Testament, if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that sounds really simple. And to say it's really simple, but to live it is radically much more difficult than that because people are people. It's what, you know, the psychology of people and humanity is called a soft science. It's, it's not like they're a, uh, you know, like they're some small motor that, it, you know, they can, you can figure something out or, hey, hey, we just need to do a little something over here. The electric, this isn't firing over here. This isn't working over here. You're talking about people and people are complex. People are messy. And you get one complex, messy person around another complex, messy person and another, you've just got a hot mess. You know what I'm talking about? And so when we talk about this, it's so important because this is the two parts of what Jesus said fulfills all the law. To love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. Loving our neighbors ourselves is more difficult, in my opinion, many times than loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Here's the reason why. Because I know what God did for me. God loved me. He loved you so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. Right? And so it's easy to love someone who loves that generously. God is a good God and a good father. Amen? 
I'm going to get to preaching. Somebody's going to say amen at some point in time. And, and, and he, his mercies are new every single morning. Great is the faithfulness, oh God. He never fails. It's just as the rising and the setting of the sun, so is God is faithful day in and day out. And so to love him with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength, at least to try. The motivation is so easy. But you, that's a little bit different conversation. You know, my neighbor who, who calls the neighborhood, you know, association on me when my, when my Christmas lights aren't down fast enough, that's a different conversation. You know, the person that I'm next to on the freeway, you know, that my, my neighbor, that's who your neighbor is, right? The people that you're, you're in your world and in, in your world that you live around with, that guy, that gal that cuts you off in traffic or that drives so slow in the left lane, amen? Can I get away? I mean, it's hard to love that person, amen, right? No, it is, it is, it is, it is. And so, uh, and so you know, and, and I mean, and, and, and the, the people that you work with and you've got a, a good boss or a bad boss or you've got good employees or bad, I mean, it's just, there's just, it's people. And, and, and the world in which we live in, it's just like, you just want to crawl in a hole sometimes, sometime, just completely get away from. And, and what's interesting is, is that the Bible speaks totally opposite of that. It talks about how we should engage in our world and how we should engage in relationship and how we need one another. See, relationships are great for life change. Light, your life will be changed because of other people. I believe God works more through divine relationship than, do, than through divine appointment. I think more than the angel of the Lord showing up at your house and telling you what's going to happen in your life, God's going to open a door for a relationship. And through that relationship with that other person, through that mentor, through that coach, through that pastor, through that person, that, that God's going to begin to speak. And he's going to begin to deposit some things in your heart and in your life. An infinite God flows to a finite creature to touch another finite creature. That's just how God works. Because relationships teach us about ourselves. When I have to get around you, when I'm around around you and you do things that, that drive me nuts and you're around me and I do things that drive, it teaches me about me. It teaches me about, you know what? I probably need a little bit more patience. You know, I probably need to be a little bit more humble. I, I probably need to be a little bit more or a little less. They also offer us the ability to help other people see life change happen in their life. This is how it happens. Life on life. It's what Jesus did. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Not come and take this course, not come and get this degree, not come and be ordained. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. But how did Jesus train the disciples to change the world? Come and follow me. Let's do life together through relationship. They're changed and they changed their world. So last week we talked about what a solid relationship looks like. What, what does it look like? What, 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 what should I be in that relationship and what should I look for in someone else? And, 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 and we talked about Jonathan and David and the relationship that they had. And we went through those, those four chapters there in the, in the Old Testament in the book of Samuel and, and talked about the reward and the benefit. And, and, and that's truly what it is. That, that's what I hope that you have. I hope that you have a Jonathan or a David relationship or two in your life. I hope that there's someone, even if you're married to, to the greatest person on the planet, I still hope that there's, that there's somebody in your life, that there's a, there's, if you're a guy, that there's another man or two that's in your life that kind of walks alongside and, and, and is what I'm talking about today. Or if you're a lady, that there's another gal that she's with you and that she's praying with you and that you guys are, you're, there's a relationship because these solid relationships, they make us better. People that you're around, it, it's, it's, it's like, um, 
it's, it's like in sports. If you want to play your game up, you want to play around people that are better than you. It makes your game step up. You, you want to work on your relationship with Christ? Get around people that are more spiritually mature, more passionate about Jesus. It will change how you do and what you do and what you say. You, you, you get around people that are going and doing something in their life you're going to go do. and so It's just how it works. We get around people who are full of Jesus and full of life and full of purpose and full of mission, and they're on point. They make us better. They keep us on track. We need people in our lives that just help us. They keep us on track, and they help us go higher than we could go on our own. It's a turtle on the fence post. If you ever see a turtle on the fence post, one thing you know is he didn't get there by himself. Amen? Somebody had to pick them up and put them up there. Now, for some of you, it's going to take you a while to understand that, but just think about that. Somebody has to pick them up and put them on top of that. He didn't get there by himself. If you're on a paved road in life right now, it's because somebody before you paved that road. And if you're on an unpaved road or you're having a pioneer road, maybe you didn't come from a godly heritage and all of a sudden you're trying to be a godly dad or a godly mom and raise godly kids who are ungodly, amen? <laughs> if you don't believe that, just go to the toddler nursery right now. Um, and, and so, you know, it's just, and, and all of that, and, and, and you're trying to, you know, I don't know, and you're trying, you're, because you're paving a road for someone else. Here's what you know is you didn't get there by yourself, and your kids won't have that heritage by themselves. It's gonna be because of intentional relationships. Ecclesiastes chapter four gives us a picture of what a solid relationship, what a solid relationship looks like. So it first begins with the meaninglessness of life without a solid relationship. He does a kind of a comparison contrast. Look at these verses, verse seven and eight of Ecclesiastes chapter four. And again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. So what's meaningless about a man all alone? So glad you asked that question. He had neither a son nor a brother. So there was no one he's pouring into and there's no one that's, that's, that, that's pouring into him. And there was no end to his toil, no end to his work. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. How many people do you know in life think if I can drive this car or I can live in this address or I can make this amount of money or I can get this degree, I can go to this university, I can have this relationship, I can get this promotion, I can get this job, I can build the company to this amount of net worth, I can accumulate this amount of net worth, I can have a house here and a house in Florida and a house in, in Colorado, I can have, I can have, I can have, and if I get to, and if I get to, and it's all about achievement, that's what he's talking about but there's no relationship. They're empty because we're never created for achievement. This is the problem. Achievement will never help you be content because once you get to one level, you wanna to get to the next level. You get to the next level, you wanna to get to the next level. You make your first 100, you wanna make the second 100. And the third, you make your first million, you wanna make the second million. You get this job, you wanna to get to that job. You get this level, you wanna to get to that level. It's just how we are hardwired. Unless something bigger than us, it's like the laws of physics, inertia, unless something bigger than us stops us, we just keep trying to achieve, but there is no amount of contentment in achievement without relationship. See, this man had wealth. 
but he had no brother to share it with. He had no son to impart it to. There, there's, he's just alone. That was the meaninglessness of it. He's alone. What, what does it matter? What does it profit a man that gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? What does it profit an individual who has all of this yet has no relationship? But he goes on to show what a solid relationship looks like. Read on in verse number 9, 10, 11, and 12. He says, for two are better than one because they have good return on their labor. Notice it's not an absence of achievement. It's not an absence of labor, but rather it's, it's that paired with relationship. If either of them falls down, the other one can help, the, the one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. The power isn't in the absence of achievement. The power is when you're achieving in life and you're doing it with other people. You have people in which to give to. You have people which are giving to you. It's like this reservoir, it's, it's, it's like this river, not a reservoir. It's just flowing through you to someone else. It's this whole, this is the way the kingdom works. This is what's important to understand because again, when you listen to a podcast that, that, that's not based on a biblical Judeo-Christian value, it's very humanistic. It's very much bent towards you. It's all about what's good for you and what's efficient for you and what's the ROI for you. But when you read God's word, it's less about you and it's more about others. And as you decrease, he increases. And as he increases, it gets sweeter and better. And it's not a lack of work. It's not a lack of achievement. It's not a lack of moving forward. Rather, it's doing it the right way so that it has contentment. If you're a type A person, if you're a mountain climber, if you're a runner, if you're a person that's competitive in nature at all, you love to go to the next rung, the next level, the next this. You get bored and you don't like to be around people that are just passive because you think they're kind of lazy and whatever. And it's just, you just want to get to that next place and that next place and you want to achieve the next thing and you want to hit the next level. But if you do it alone, it's meaningless. It's what he's saying. Solomon is saying, it's meaningless because there's no one in which to share that with. There's no one in which to, to, to have someone come around you. So you need people that will cry with you when you're, when you're upset, but you also need people that are gonna celebrate with you when you're winning. And it's a whole lot easier to find people that will cry with you when, than when you're down, than will celebrate your successes. But friends will, solid relationships will. So there's five, five signs of having a solid relationships. Five signs of a solid relationship. I wanna give you these. First of all, one, according to what Solomon says here in Ecclesiastes is mutual enjoyment. Mutual enjoyment. You literally enjoy the company of another person. You enjoy the presence of someone else. You, life is better because you're working together. You're not by yourself. You know, uh, uh, two is better than one. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse nine says, just as lotions and fragrance give delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. So here's a question. If you made a list of the relationships in your life or the friendships in your life, do they drain you or do they fill you? 
Do they add value to you? Do they refresh your soul as Proverbs says? Or do they, do they have a stench to them? Do they, do they kind of drain you? It's important for you to know this because there are some people in life, it's, it's, it's kind of what I call it, they're, they're like the joy suckers, right? It doesn't matter how great life is, it's just the sky is falling. You know, there's two mindsets. We all learn everything you need to learn, you learn in first grade, right? So there's a little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, or there's chicken little, the sky is falling. It's just two mindsets. It's pretty simple. This is not super complicated in life. And if you're around people that just want to suck the joy out of life, I mean, like, like I'm watching on the news, and it's crazy to me how people are completely wigging out over this virus, over this coronavirus and, and everything. And I get all of it, but when you look at the numbers, it's like, this is just part of what it means to live on the planet. If you look at any history at all in the world in which we live in, there, there have always been viruses or plagues or cycles that come through. It just happens. This is it. And, 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 and so, you know, the doctors are saying, hey, 80% of people will have very mild symptoms. Only 20% of people will actually probably be, be heavily affected. And it's more people that are susceptible, like those who, are, who have respiratory issues, those who are smokers, those who are, are elderly. And so, again, we need to be we need to be proactive and but but not like the sky is falling this is the end of the world <laughs> Jesus says watch out when people say that the end of the world is coming watch out beware when they say I'm over here and I'm over there for no man knows the day or the hour not even the son only the father knows so what does that mean Aaron that means I'm gonna get on an airplane this week and I'm gonna go somewhere because I, I, I I'm gonna save the world I, I'm with me and Jesus we're, we're gonna win the world amen so, so if it's my time to go, it's my time to go, right? Isn't that what Paul says, to be absent of the body, be present with the Father? Now, do I want to die? No. I got restaurants to eat at, amen. I got places, I got, I got golf courses to play. I got people I want to hang, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, no, no, contrary, mo frere. No, I, I, I want to live a long, long, long life, but I'm not going to just let What's happening around me suck the joy and the life out of me. I either, I either lean on God's word so heavily that if it were to move, I would fall and I stand upon him and I rest upon him or I don't. Because the Bible says that we should never have fear and worry in the life of a Christ follower. Did you know that? That there should never be, that worry is a sin in our life. Because we're basically saying, God, I don't trust that you've got this. I, I don't trust God. I, I think I need to help you out. Now, that doesn't mean you don't wash your hands, amen? Right? Amen. 20 minutes, warm water, soap. Now, I do this all the time. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it doesn't mean you don't use Pharrell, amen? Amen. That's good. But it, what it does mean is I'm not going to wig out. Now, am I going to China tomorrow? No, nope. no, I'm not doing that. Right? You know, remember the temptation when, when, when Satan comes to Jesus and says, hey, just jump off the top of this, of the, of this highest point and God can save you. And he says, tempt not the Lord your God. I mean, he, he quotes scripture. I mean, at some point it's like, no, 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 no. Don't, let's not be stupid about this. But at the same time, it's like, I'm just going to trust. Are you the kind of person that's always adding value, that's always positive, that are like, hey, I'm the little engine that could? Or are you the kind of person that's chicken little? The sky's always falling. Because if you are, you're draining, draining, draining. And if you want to have solid relationships in your life, you better get a positive perspective. Well, how do I do that? Get in the Bible. The Bible's the most positive book that's read. It's not positive because we're making it positive. It's because read it in the end, we win. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We'll overcome by the blood that Jesus Christ shed and the word of our testimony. 
Woo! Even what the enemy tries to use to destroy us, we sing that, God will turn around and use it for our good. And the words of the great theologian M.C. Hammer, you can't touch this. You know what I'm saying? And so the reality is, is it's not that we're doing some positive spin on this. Yes, Jesus said, you're going to have trouble in this world, but take, but, but take heed. I, I've overcome this world and greater is me that's in you than he that's in the world. So again, mutual enjoyment. Are you the kind of person that fills a tank? Are you the kind of person that drains a tank? Are the people in your life the kind of people that add value and fill you, that you, you feel better about life? You, you feel better about you. It's just, it's, it's, man, it's, like a, it's just like a fill up at the gas station. Or is it a drain? Secondly, the second sign of solid relationship is respect. Respect. John Maxwell says, when you value someone on the front end of a relationship, you earn respect on the back end. Respect is often built in adversity and through difficulty. Respect is a character that emerges through, through difficult circumstances. So here's the question about respect. When you've gone through something with someone, are you tighter after that? Is your relationship more tightly knit or is it more fragmented? Because relationships that are more fragmented are probably not going to be the solid relationships that God's bringing into your life. But when you walk through something, there's a crisis at your work and your coworkers, there, 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 there's a situation that's happening, you, you're facing something and all of a sudden there's, there's a situation that's happening. When that begins to happen in your life, it either forges you together and it knits you together. Remember Jonathan and David last weekend because David was running for his life that even knitted them even closer together or it tears you apart. Crisis has a way of doing that. It's great for an organization. When an organization faces crisis, that's fertile ground for great things to happen because you're gonna allow, the cream is gonna rise to the top. The leaders are gonna emerge to the top. Relationships, you're gonna see who the people that are gonna stick with you and the people that you need, that you need to let go. You're, you're, you're gonna see the people that, 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 you're gonna see the leaders, you're gonna see the winners, you're gonna see the, or, or you're gonna see the people that just are just going to dissipate. Same thing is true in our own life. When, you get into a relationship and all of a sudden things not, don't go real well and there's a problem, there's a situation. Does it, do you go closer and tighter together or does it pull you further apart? If it brings you together, there's a bond of, of brotherhood, of sisterhood. After that moment, respect begins to be developed. That's a sign of a solid relationship. That's someone you can trust. Character is there. The next is, thir is, is the third is shared experiences. Shared experiences. This is the bonding that takes, that takes place on a trip or a journey with someone. Sometimes that journey can be, could be a literal trip, a literal journey. It can also sometimes be just you're, you're doing something for a season with someone. You're, you're in, a, in a small group together for a season with them. This could be you go on a missions trip. This is one of the greatest things about going on a mission trip. Uh, the, the trip we just went to on to Israel, which we'll be going again the fall, October of 2021. We'll be doing one again. And, and there's, there was about 45 of us on that trip in Israel. And so you develop relationships. You get to meet and connect with people and, and, and you just, it's just kind of cool how that, because that trip kind of pushes you together and, and you have this shared experience and you were all there together and you, you all saw this together or, or, or you went and you built an orphanage together or you served these kids in an orphanage together or, 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 or you, you worked in this outreach program together or you served together at the Milwaukee Serve Day. At, at the Life Center, I mean, you, you, you have these shared experiences, these experiences, these adventures that come together. Those things, when you can travel together, I always say this with staff, if I travel with them, I can tell you whether they're gonna be on the staff a long time or not. 
I can, cause I can tell you whether I like them at the end of the end of the trip or not. I mean, I, that sounds, may, may sound bad, but like, I can just tell there are some people that are so persnickety. They just, they have no, no flexibility. They can't roll with anything and it just completely throws them off. And so they're late and they're disjointed and it's just, it's all out of their world. And so in ministry, you have to have a certain degree of flexibility. You've got to roll with the punches. It doesn't always work out. And, and I'm, I'm a pretty type A person. So I like things done a particular way, but even in that, it's just, you just have to roll with it. I can be on a trip with someone and I can tell you at the end of that trip, they're, they're, they're going to be a long-term staff member at Life Church, or they won't be here a long time. Not because I'm going to get rid of them, because I can, but I can just tell how flexible, how, how, because how, day in and day out. I mean, you can be good for a meal. You can be good for a day. You can be good for a service or two. But all of a sudden, man, when you're, when you're in a car with somebody, when, when you're in and out of hotels, when, 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 when you're traveling, when, when things don't go right and, and, and the food's not right at the restaurant and, and everything, it's just your, your baggage gets lost. You can tell when the wheels fall off. I'm thinking of a story right now. You can tell. And you can also tell of people that maybe they've never done that before and they're learning and they make mistakes, no problem. But they just have this flexibility and this resiliency. I'm saying this because I think that shared experiences is what creates solid relationships. It's doing life together, being together. This is so important. This is so important that you have that in your life. It's so important that we have that as a church. It, it, it's, it's just important, I mean, to, to be able to go and to do that. I can just think of the trips, mission trips that I have been on with men in this church and moments that I will never forget, they'll never forget that we shared together. And some of it was funny, you know? I, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget one time we were in a, in a um, uh, it was in Africa and it was, uh, we, had, we had been in, in Nairobi and we, we'd been through, uh, through some, we'd seen some feeding programs and some schools and hospitals and all this stuff that the church was giving to. And, and then we ended up at a, at a safari camp. So we were there in the Masamara and beautiful. I mean, beautiful. People ask me if you could go one place in the world, you could do one thing in the world, where would it be? What would it be? Africa, I think it's the most amazing continent on the face of the planet. And I would go on a safari. The most like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. When you see a pride of lions take down, a, take, take down some wildebeest, it, it's just like, wow. And so anyhow, so, but that night they, they told us, hey, what's gonna happen at midnight? You're gonna be in these tents. Now these tents aren't like, like a Coleman camping tent because you're in the middle of, I mean, there is no protection, but, but, but you're in a, it's a concrete type floor. It's a stone floor and, and you've got running water inside. And, but to make sure that you lock the tent because if you don't, the monkeys know how to open up the tents and get in, which was like, freaked me out the whole night. And I could just see this, right? Look in my face, right in the middle of the night. And, um, and so, you know, and, and they'll cut the electricity off about the generator kick off about midnight and they'll wake us up in the morning because we'll do the first round of the run. Then we'll come back and have a breakfast and we'll do the second round. And then we're going to, then we'll, then we'll head back to the airport to fly back to the U.S. And, and so, uh, you know, they were just talking about, so, I mean, you're in this deal. So you, but I mean, it's pitch black. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's like crazy. There, there's no light pollution whatsoever. And it's completely quiet. And you're kind of like, hey, is anybody over the tent next? You know, you can hear guys and, and just, because I don't be out here by myself. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, so all of a sudden I was up doing something and it wasn't real spiritual, but I don't know what I was doing, but it, I was reading something or whatever, which I catch up on some emails or something and, and something. Because what was amazing is I can't get cell service in North Central Wisconsin, but I can get it in the Masamara. I don't know what it is. 
but I'm telling you, it always drops. So anyhow, um, but so the lights go off and I, oh, it's midnight. So I go to get into the bed. Well, what I did not know, what they did not tell us is that they had an old fashioned water bottle that they had filled that was warm to keep the bed warm. And I got in there and as soon as my leg touched that warm mass, I was like, sweet Jesus. I'm telling you, I was high stepping out of that bed. I was speaking in tongues. I was screaming. The guys are like, hey, what's going on, pastor? I said, no, oh, it's okay. It's just a water bottle. And of course they're laughing and shared experiences. You know what I'm talking about? That wasn't in my notes. I just thought that was fun. Number four, trust. Trust. I know this kind of goes without saying, but this is the foundation of any relationship. Proverbs 27, six says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. I love that. Who are the people in your life that can confront you on your junk? Who are the people in your life that can call you out on your sin? It's probably not your spouse. But men, is there another man that can look at you and go, hey man, what are you looking at? Hey, who, is everything okay? Hey, bro, are you sure you're all right? Hey, how's this going at home? Hey, what's happening over here? Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Man, you haven't been coming to, to service and now you're not coming to life group, but what, what's going on? As a lady, you can go and just say, hey, you just seem distant. You just seem like there's a, a wall. There's just a, with men, there's always a wall, but, but, but you just feel like it's just, and it's just, and you're pulling back and you're, and I just noticed this. And so what's happening? What's going on in your world? What's happening in your home? What's happening with your kids? What's, what, what, what's, there's a distance that's here. Who is it in your life that can call you on that? That's what Proverbs means, that I can trust a friend that comes to me, even though it hurts me, even though it's going to cause me some pain, even though it's not easy. They love me enough to confront me. Here's the question. Who would you call if you were in serious trouble? Who would you call if you were in jail? Who would you call if all of a sudden what you're doing in your business is about to hit the newspaper tomorrow and the world's going to find out? That person, those persons that you would talk to, that you would tell, that's the solid relationships in your life. Those are the people that you trust. And if you say, I don't have anybody, woe to the man who falls. And no one hears him when he falls. Because here's the reality. We all are people and we are going to fall from time to time. And we better have a solid relationship around us that comes around us that we can trust that has our best interest, that's going to stand with us, that's going to help us, that's gonna speak truth and grace in that moment. The fifth thing, and I close with this, is reciprocity. I know it's a big fancy word, but reciprocity. It's basically that the relationship should never be one-sided. There should always be a win-win, a mutually beneficial. You should always be, it's, it's not where you're keeping score, but rather it's just reflexively helping one another here and there because you're trying to add value. 
You're trying to, to, to do for someone else what you'd want them to do for you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, a person with unfaithful friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Who are you helping? Who are you pouring into? Go back to the first part of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse seven and eight. Woe to that man because he has no son to give to and no brother to, to reach out to. There's nothing that's happening where anybody's pouring into his life and he's pouring into their life and that, 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 that's not happening. So a relationship that is solid is one that, bro, I got this, let me help you. It it's operates off generosity. There's not this scorekeeping. There's not this, let's keep, it's simply just saying, hey, how can I bless you? How can I help you? You ever been around people that they're always keeping score? I, for me, I, I, I don't like keeping accounts and I don't like keeping, and, and I, I try to bring more value. Those relationships wear me out. But people that operate with generosity, I mean, just, they're just kind. They're just, it's just their spirit. It's just their nature. They're just thinking. They're intentional about it, especially in a fast-paced world. Those are people that I, I want to help. Those are people I, I, I want to have a relationship with. Those are people that there's just this. My prayer is that while they're either inside of Life Church, because of Life Church, that you have solid relationships. This is how the church grows. And I'm not just talking about numerically. I mean, I'm talking about matures, grows, deepens. This is how a church becomes a great church. This is how a church changes the community and changes the world. It's not just about attractional programming and we're doing this and this and this and this. It's that we love one another. Isn't that what Jesus said? They'll know you by your love one for another. They won't know you by your achievement. They'll know you by your relationship. They'll come in the room and they'll feel, these are people who have some depth. These are people who really love one another. These are people that they're all different, but yet they have this common bond. What is that? Well, we know what it is, it's Jesus. Cause we know what we were like before Jesus. We're a bunch of scoundrels. But when Jesus Christ came into our heart, when he came into our life and the grace and the love and the mercy that we did not deserve, then we began to say, God, I wanna give you my whole heart, my whole life and love you with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. Naturally, we begin to love our neighbors, ourself. That will change the world. That will change your life. That will keep you and I on the straight and narrow until we see Jesus. Solid relationships. You need them, I need them. This isn't some pop psychology, a light weekend conversation that you can get on the radio. This is God's word. This is how he designed us. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word that speaks to the relationship that we need with each other. I thank you, Lord, for the, for, for the partnership that we need to have one with another. God, that it's not good that we're alone and that you didn't create us to be alone, but rather you created us for relationship. We naturally do achievement. 
we naturally get up and scrap and go and hit it. But the relationship, that's something we have to be intentional about. And so I just pray, God, let us evaluate. Are we the kind of people that are solid and that offer a solid relationship? Do we have those qualities and characteristics of trust and reciprocity and enjoyment, adding value? And who are the people in our life that carry those values? And Lord, if we look up and we don't have anyone, forgive us, God, and help us to start today to develop the relationship to first of all, be what you called us to be. And secondly, Lord, for us to in turn, be that for someone else and allow you to bring that relationship into our heart and into our life. Help us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.